Welcome to Rapture, a Bioshock lorecast, where people of the Bioshock fandom can come together to experience life beyond the sea. So buckle into your bathosphere, ready your plasmids, and let's dive in as we explore the history and lore of the Bioshock series. Hey guys, welcome back to Rapture, a Bioshock Lorecast. First off, I'm going to apologize for being off-grid. Uh, life, depression, and uh, other things got in the way, but I'm hoping to be back on track. Uh, speaking of which, this episode will just be me. It's going to be a pretty short and simple one. I'm going to be talking about Peach Wilkins. Unfortunately, my co-host, um, with his schedule, is unable to... Uh, record this one with me. Uh, I'm hoping here with the next ones that um, we'll be able to sit down and do mass recordings. We keep trying, but with his schedule being whatever they would decide last minute, it's been kind of difficult. Um, Medieval Zombies is trying to step in when she can, but again, with her schedule, life, we all know how it is. It's a bit difficult. So, I apologize, it will just be me this episode, and let's get on to it. Peach Wilkins. Peach Wilkins is a resident of Neptune's Bounty, who appears to have been one of the leaders of Frank Fontaine's crew of smugglers. The history of Peach. Peach came down to Rapture swept up in the promise of Andrew Ryan's great chain. After finding himself spending all day work at Fontaine's fisheries, he wanted something more fulfilling. His boss, Frank Fontaine, had promised him something better, and he wanted to meet with him and the other co-workers after hours at the fisheries. Wilkins arrived around 11 with some men, all men who wound up becoming smugglers for Fontaine. The smuggling operation proved highly successful as residents of Rapture still longed for items that was only the surface could provide. Once Andrew Ryan became began cracking down on Fontaine's smuggling ring, Peach Wilkins and his crew were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Fontaine took 80% holy crap, 80% out of the smuggler's cut and threatened to turn them all into Ryan if they didn't agree. Those who tried to quit always turned up dead, and many of the smugglers were caught or too terrified to turn in Fontaine, even under torture. It is unclear whether Wilkins himself had turned Fontaine into Ryan's men or if he was just eventually caught. Regardless, after Fontaine's, Frank Fontaine's death, well, after Frank Fontaine's death, in quotations, Wilkins, either after years of pressure or the side effects of Adam use, became more and more paranoid that, that Fontaine was still alive and out to get him. After his dealings with Ryan, Fontaine, and Sullivan, Wilkins was highly distrustful of authority figures and soon became an ally of Atlas. 
During the rapture civil war, Peach and the remaining smugglers decided to seal themselves inside the barricade of uh, Fontaine Fisheries. With the supplies they had stashed away, the group survived the worst of the war, but, con- but continued abuse of Adam enhanced Wilkins' paranoia. Alright, the Bioshock game. Peach, uh, sorry, Jack encounters Peach behind a sealed metal doorway that leads directly into Fontaine Fisheries. Atlas had already radioed Wilkins asking if Jack could pass through, though he described Wilkins as about as straight as a dog's hind leg. Atlas' description is accurate as Wilkins acts like someone suffering from extreme paranoia and is skeptical of Jack on the outset, questioning whether or not he was an ally of Fontaine. The fisherman occasionally speaks with a noticeable stutter, which is either a product of his cold storage environment or a side effect of Adam. Before he will let Jack into the fisheries, he requires that the newcomer retrieve the research camera for him. To help the player survive, he asks, he gives Jack a grenade launcher. Absolutely loved when I got the grenade launcher. Made it so much easier. Wilkins described Desire, sorry, Wilkins desires pictures of three different uh, spider splicers in Neptune's body before he allowed Jack through. The errand seems to fit Wilkins' motives of survival. Most likely, he wants Jack to research the spider slicers so he can defend himself against them. After he acquires the photos, Peach lets Jack inside with an addition added condition that he would that he ditches all his weapons in a nearby. Uh, and, oh, I always have issues with that word. And, and one of the nearby tubes. Once Jack is inside, Peach betrays and attacks him with a group of fellow, fellow smugglers. <sighs> Forcing him to use his last remaining option, plasmids and his trusty wrench. Strategy. Peach Wilkins' game-playing behavior during the fight is that of a nitrous spicer. And he is great setup in a difficulty from that of J.S. Steinman from the Medical Pavilion. He throws Molotov cocktails at the player when he is at a distance, but when the player is close to him, he attempts to flee. Wilkins has more powerful attacks, and when he is backed up by numerous splicers, a machine gun turret, and a security camera, which makes things difficult for Jack because unless he picks up an enemy dropped revolver, he has no guns to combat Wilkins with. Using the incinerate plasmid and the telekinesis plasmid is a good tactic. Using telekinesis with an explosive barrel found around the area is a very effective against Peach as a single barrel will take away almost half of his health. I never... How did I never do that? I don't know about anybody else, but for some reason, I don't think I've ever did that. I think I played it hard and just kept trying to light his ass on fire. Getting traps and letting the machines do the work is always a viable strategy. Hacking the security camera and then the health station while the freezer is filling with fog will grant Jack a significant advantage in the coming battle. Hacking the turret can also be useful but optional as it can only be hacked during the battle. It can slowly destroy by and it's slowly destroyed by Peach's uh, cronies and Jack may have to draw opponents over to it. The cover position next to the turret is a good place to wait until the fight is over. Yeah, I've done that multiple times. <laughs> um, 
Perhaps best of all, before uh, di- disposing his weapons in the tube, Jack can use telekinesis to promptly stash some weapons and armor in the nearby door of the fisheries. Whoa, wait, huh? Even though I went through and typed out these notes, I have forgotten since then. And I never knew that you could do that. I, that's, that's very interesting. I'm going to have to try that. By picking up, by picking these up after uh, disposing his current arsenal, Jack can battle Peach with a near fully loaded pistol, shotgun, and or machine gun. This can make the fight a lot easier. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, (laughs) In addition to this, if one does not pick up the grenade launcher before the fight with Rose, one can use telekinesis to bring it inside the room with uh, with the tube uh, to use it in the fight. Bugs and glitches. When the player retrieves their weapons from the tube after defeating Peach, they will notice that all of their normal and or alternate and uh, inevitable ammo, such as the uh, proximity mines and the heat-seeking RPGs for the art for the grenade launcher, have been lost and cannot be recovered. Similar to the bug, the bug above. Sorry, similar to the bug, uh, other bug. If the player picks up a, a pistol from the lead, lead head splicer during the battle, when they go to retrieve their weapons, they will notice that they have been uh, rearranged to a different slot. Usually, only the wrench and the pistol swaps places, but other unusual combatives have been observed. Behind the scenes, Peach Wilkins attacks Jack because he believes that Jack is working for Fontaine. As a player later discovered Wilkins' suspicion was actually correct, although Jack himself did not know the true identity of his partner at the time. Although Peach shares the surname as Danny Wilkins, a character playable in Bioshock 2 multiplayer, the two are unrelated. Peach Wilkins' character model is retextured Wade's skin with orange wanders. Waders. Waders. Sorry. When examining his a corpse upon the death upon his death, the name Nitro Splicer like Julie Langford instead of his name, unlike Dr. Steinman. Oh, okay, never mind. I heard that wrong. <laughs> when examining his corpse upon his death, the name is Nitro Splicer like Julie Langford's instead of his name, unlike Dr. Steinman. So when you go to his corpse, it says Nitro Splicer, not Peach Wilkins. But, like I said, guys, this one was a quick one. I apologize. Um, I'm in the process right after this to hopefully get another one recorded, uh, a longer one. Um, I'm going to try doing, uh, I think the next one is going to be J.S. Steinman and the Medical Villain. Um, that one, like I said, is going to be a lot longer, and I'm hoping that my co-host will be able to have time uh, out of his schedule to help me quickly get this one recorded um i'm gonna get this one the one you're listening to right now out today uh sunday and i'm hoping to get the js simon and malcolm fillion out next sunday the 29th i believe so again guys i apologize um for being completely a couple months late and being off grid but uh thank you for sticking with us and we will see y'all soon thanks 
This has been Rapture, a Bioshock Lorecast. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as we go along our journey into the history and the lore of the Bioshock series. Let us know who you would like us to go over. Also, would you kindly leave us a review and follow us on our new Twitter at A Lorecast. And also, join us for the next episode.